It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now, Uncommon Sense with Leland Conway on 630 KHOW. Denver's talk station. Let the fuse and run now, brother, cause you ain't got a lot of time. Don't you act surprised when it all goes to hell on your dime. Alright, so be thinking about this, this Ryan, this hour, this is your homework. Because the story we're going to do about the stripper with the emotional support monkey that bit the trick-or-treater uh-huh. later in the hour. Yeah, right. I want to know what your emotional support animal would be. Oh, wow. Great I already question. know what mine is. I'm going to tell people what mine would be at that point. All and right. people should text us what they would want their emotional support animal to be right now at 57739. 57739. Start off with Leland. Um, please end it with a name of some sort. Like, we prefer it to be your actual first name, so we know we're talking to a real person. But we don't do mandates on this show, so there is an approved fake name that you can use. And this week, all week long, it's Brandon. Totally fake. Which is weird, because almost everybody that texted the show today is named Brandon. Oh. Totally fake. (laughs) All right, Trump. Yeah, so uh, just so you know, the day after the election, we hired uh, Donald Trump to analyze the results of the Virginia election last night. <laughs> Donald, uh, welcome to the program here on 630K. How? What's your take on last night's election in Virginia? You know, I deserve all the credit, Leland. Okay, total, <laughs> complete credit, complete credit, okay? <laughs> all in the red districts, western counties of Virginia, okay? Turned out supporting the Trump for Yunkin, Okay. <laughs> You know, he released a press statement yeah. that was taking credit for the I, win. I did. I want to thank I all the it. Trump MAGA supporters <laughs> coming out for Glenn Youngkin. Great guy. Well, at least he didn't tell them not to vote. He kind of did and didn't. Then he fluctuated and then he came out. So, no, I didn't mean Dude, don't vote. Stop it. That's what, that's what cost the Republicans the Senate in 2020. Was Georgia, him, yeah. Him telling Georgians not to vote. Although you're kind of an idiot if some politician tells you not to vote and you decide not to. You're kind of an idiot. Anyway, be thinking about your emotional support animal. Will do. Uh, Real quick, as we introduce our guest here, I thought this would work perfectly because Matt texts into the show, Leland, I have to say I was thoroughly entertained watching CNN last night. I never watched that network. But he said Scott Jennings was fantastic, ever so gently prodding Van and company when Scott called them out for repeatedly referring to the non-existent dog whistles. Well, welcome to the program. Uh, One of the voices of sanity on CNN, my friend Scott Jennings. He also worked in the Bush administration and does uh, fantastic PR now. What's going on, Scott? How are you? Welcome. I'm great, Leland. Thank you, and uh, appreciate you having me on. I'm on a a 24-hour marathon. I started on (laughs) CNN election coverage last night at 6 p.m., and I really haven't stopped, and we're (laughs) we're about 24 hours into it. I know. It was was funny. You texted me last night. You're like, I'm going from this one to this one. I'm headed to this one this one, and I was like, good. I'm going to bed. (laughs) Uh, Well, I got off off the air at 1.15 a.m. They put me in a car and and drove me to Washington, D.C. from New York, and I was on... New, new day at 7 a.m., and then 
I had some meetings here in Washington, and then I was on CNN's uh, Christian Amon Poor show at two. I just did the lead with Jake Tapper at four, and I'm back tonight with uh, Chris Cuomo at nine, and I'm I'm up with Stuart Stevens from the Lincoln Project tonight. That should, oh. be, a, that should be a fun okay. tonight. What yeah. time is that? Because we want people to tune in, and uh, Ryan will grab some sound for that from t- for tomorrow. Because I can't wait to see what what you have to say to them about that little stunt that they pulled uh, the, in the waning days. I thought it was so funny that it was on a Friday before the election. Very reminiscent. You worked in the Bush campaign. Very reminiscent of two uh, both times they did this. They dropped the DUI story the Friday before. Before the election in the uh, Al Gore race, and then they dropped the uh, fake, uh, the one that got, um, uh, uh, come on, Dan Rather fired eventually, the yeah. fake uh, the fake AWOL story in 2004. So that'll be interesting yeah. to see what they say I, about I, that. I feel bad for uh, Stewart. I'm going to offer my uh, condolences because they spent money hiring fake uh, white supremacist Nazis when they could have just gotten Governor Northam to come down for free probably with his Ku Klux Klan hat or whatever it is he's got hanging in the claw. He would have probably done it for free. I'm sorry they spent the money. <laughs> that's going to be must-watch TV. I, okay, what time is that again? Just so people know and they write it down. Well, that's not... That's nine Eastern tonight. And okay. so, you know, these, these TV schedules change, but supposedly we're up at nine tonight. So I'm looking forward to debating Stewart. Tonight. Yeah, that's awesome. I love it. All right. So, so let's dive into this. Uh, how important was last night as far as reading the tea leaves for the country, say heading into the midterms in 2022 and even beyond? Well, very important because it obviously shows broad dissatisfaction with Joe Biden. And we saw that play out. Not just in Virginia, which had its own special brand of local issues as well, but New Jersey. Nobody was talking about New Jersey. The Republican campaign up there had been written off. And yet you had all these voters show up and nearly kick the Democrat governor out of office. It looks like the most powerful state senator in New Jersey, Democrat Senate president, is going to lose mm. <clears throat> against a guy who spent 153 bucks <laughs> And <laughs> wow. he ran for office. Yeah, look this guy up. You'll love him. He filed for the office because he's a law-abiding citizen with no criminal record, and he was denied a concealed carry permit. Really? And he got pissed off and filed a run for the state Senate, and it looks like he's going to win. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, wow. Great story. Well, um, that's, so anyway, that, that's but, interesting because uh, the Supreme Court is yeah. hearing a very important uh, case this week, and it looks like early indications I've seen from Politico are that it's probably going to overturn the May issue thing in New York, which could have reverberations around the country for the Second Amendment. Yeah, I heard some of the audio of Brett Kavanaugh today questioning uh, uh, in this, and it sounded like he was really, really uh, leaning towards the, the, the pro-Second Amendment argument here of giving people the freedom yeah. uh, to and the right. Uh, this is the Constitution intended to keep and bear arms. So anyway, I, I, I look around the country, and I see just flashing red lights all over the Democratic dashboard. You had the socialist candidate for mayor of Buffalo go down. Mm. In Minneapolis, the defund the police or abolish the police referendum went down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had uh, judicial elections in Pennsylvania swept by the Republicans. So it wasn't just Virginia. It was everywhere that people turned out to send a message. Yeah. And it was a loud and clear message. And, and we'll see if the Democrats get it. I'm dubious. All day today, I've heard this blamed on racism. I've heard it blamed on the fact they haven't passed enough bills or spent enough money. Uh, I've heard it blamed on lack of enthusiasm. I mean, they're blaming everything except looking in the mirror and saying, 
are we in touch with America? I think yeah. the evidence is pretty clear that they aren't. You know, the, the only one that I've heard that's sufficiently introspective about this is your friend Van Jones from CNN. I'm gonna, I'm just, let me just play this little soundbite for you and get your reaction to it, because I think you kind of nailed it with this. There's something happening out here. It could be just anti-incumbent. I think that's a part of it. But I think that there's something else that's happening. I think that I think that the Democrats are coming across in ways that we don't recognize that are annoying and offensive um, and seem out of touch in ways that I don't think show up in our feeds when we're looking at, at, at our kind of echo chamber. And I think that this is a message here. You got to respect that, don't you? Yeah, I was sitting right next to Van when he said that, and uh, hallelujah and pass the peas. Nobody gets it. I mean, the, and Van later on, he, he, to add to that, as we closed out the night, Van said that the wake-up call for the Democrats, in his opinion, I'm paraphrasing, but he said, we cannot just be a party that is singularly motivated by the Trump resistance. We have to be about something other than that. And I thought that was very insightful because they tried in the Virginia governor's race to say Glenn Youngkin was Donald Trump. They tried to call him a white supremacist. In fact, Joe Biden said anyone wearing a fleece vest is a white supremacist. Uh, they tried to they tried to claim he was responsible for January the 6th. They tried to make this whole thing about Trump and people weren't buying it because Youngkin was like, I'm not, you know, Trump's not here campaigning for me. I don't approve of January the 6th. And here's my platform on the stuff you care about. So I think Van's warning was you can't just turn every Republican into Trump because folks don't want to hear it. They're not buying it. And they want to know about the issues that they care about. Because let me tell you, I don't know what you think, Leland, but a lot of voters think America's off the rails. Supply chain, inflation, uh, foreign policy, uh, and, you know, Democratic agenda in Washington doesn't seem to be germane to any of it. And so I think Van Van had some tough love for his people last night. Yeah, I I actually, uh, to that, to your point, and we're talking with Scott Jennings, um, uh, CNN commentator, Um, I actually tweeted out, I said, empty shelves, sky-high gas prices, parental authority versus schools. It's stunning how the Democratic Party has missed so badly on key issues. They've been so focused on identity politics while Americans have been living with the economic mess created by their knee-jerk authoritarianism. I mean, that, that I think, sums up. You hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Yes, you hit the nail on the head. And specifically on the schools, they're making a huge mistake because every time you bring up the education issues, well, you know, critical race theory isn't real. It's not a real thing. But you're not allowed to be against it because <laughs> because it's good. But if it were but if it if it were real, it would be good. But it's right. not real. I mean, it's the stupidest argument. Yeah, they're forgetting. They're forgetting. This school issue started with the closures. The schools in Virginia were closed for 18 months. Right. And parents were mad, and they wanted answers, and they showed up at these meetings. And they were treated like common criminals. Yeah. And people were pissed. It's not the, just the curriculum, although that's important. The closures. And what did McAuliffe do? His last rally of the campaign was with Randy Weingarten of the big <laughs> teachers union. They right. caused the closures. And the first McAuliffe's closing argument was, I'm going to flip off every parent in Virginia. Yeah. And they flipped him off right back. It's almost like they're always only campaigning to themselves. And they don't realize how small a group that is. You that is such a critical political strategy point. They treat every election as though there is no persuasion to be done. And what Young can prove is that there are persuadable voters. Look at the big change in the northern Virginia suburbs. There are a bunch of suburban parents and a lot of women who did not vote for Donald Trump voted for Joe Biden and turned right around and voted for Glenn Youngkin this year. There was persuasion. 
uh, McAuliffe got 200,000 more votes than Northam got when he won. So it's not, a, it's not an enthusiasm issue. There, were, there was a big turnout. It's just that the persuasion game was won by Youngkin, and Democrats don't even bother to try to persuade. And part of it is they take their constituencies for granted. They take the people for granted that make up their winning coalitions. And now we're starting to see Republicans chip into that among African-Americans, among Hispanics. There's polling evidence that Youngkin may have won Hispanic voters in Virginia among suburban women. They take them for granted. And if you can show up and appeal to them on their turf, on their terms and on their issues, you can win. And so I hope that's what Republicans say. These are conversations worth having just the way Glenn Youngkin did. I was going to say, isn't that isn't this also a message to Republicans to get back into the persuasion game. You know, I, I've got yes. a, I've got a very good friend in Louisville, a city that you and I both spend a lot of time in or have spent a lot of time in. And uh, he's, he, I would consider him to be a leader in the African American community. And he told me one time, he's neither Democrat nor Republican, but we were having a conversation one time and he looked up at me and he goes, Leland, you know why Democrats are losing us? And I said, why? He goes, because we're not socialists. He said, we're, we're all capitalists. Yep. We just want a seat at the table with everybody else. And he said, if Republicans would recognize that and quit being afraid to come and talk to us about that, they would have an opportunity to win. And I was like, that was to me was very profound because it, it's exactly the Democrats take the minority community for granted. And the Republicans seem to think that they don't have an obligation to go and have conversations and find that common ground, which is probably much more plentiful than they even realize. I think you could extend that conversation you just recounted to the education issue, because mm, yeah. what do all parents, no matter what your color, your race, what do you want if you're a parent? You want your child to get the best education they can get so they can have the most opportunity and achieve their American dream, period. That applies to black parents, white parents, Hispanics. That's a, that's a universal American viewpoint. And so if Republicans show up and say, I don't like what's happening in these schools that are failing your children, and mm -hmm. here's what I'm going to do about it, mm -hmm. you're going to have a lot of willing ears to listen. And Democrats, of course, say, oh, what the Republicans are saying is all made up. These schools are fine. There's nothing wrong here. You just need to keep doing the same thing you've been doing decade after decade after decade. People know these schools are failing, and people know these schools are trying to indoctrinate our children with anti-American viewpoints. They know it, right. and they don't like it, and Democrats – say, don't believe your own eyes and don't believe your own ears. And Republicans say, I'm going to fix it. And that fix it message really resonated. Makes sense. All right. I got to ask you something completely off topic, but on topic. So uh, Ryan, my producer and I were talking about Van Jones earlier, and we both said that while he's clearly someone we disagree with politically, probably almost 180 degrees most of the time, we both decided we wanted to have a beer with him because he seems like a guy who's intellectually honest with himself and others, yep. and I can respect that. Is he as good a guy as we are sensing that he probably is away from politics? Yes. Van Jones has been, uh, and I didn't know him before I started at CNN four and a half years ago, but we've been on TV a lot, and we spent a lot of time off the air together waiting. He is as good a guy as you'll ever meet. I, you know, I always call him brother because that's what I call people that I have genuine yeah. affection for. Yeah. We had some great conversations off the air last night. Uh, I'm very proud about, of what he's doing. He's got some uh, charitable endeavors that he's involved in that I think are extremely valuable. He got rewarded for his efforts and got a big grant recently, and he's doing some really innovative things to try to lift people up and give them a second chance. So Van and I, like you just said, we, we don't have a lot of the same ideas about politics. But we have the same idea about America and that it's, it's here for all of us. 
and it exists because we want to be free and we want to have opportunity and we want our children to have opportunity. So if you can agree on that baseline, and that's where Van and you and me and the rest of us, you can have a relationship. And yeah. I value that about Van. So you, you're, you're a, you've pegged him just right. He's a great guy. I just, I just wish that, because I like conversations. I don't care if I agree with you or not. You know, I like conversations. I think that that's what makes us better as people. Um, going back, it's almost like this is the theme of our conversation right now is this persuasion thing, right? Um, and it's, it's that grand old American tradition of trying to persuade people. Um, my way is the right way. And here is why. And that, you know, is that eventually we get to where we're supposed to go with that. So um, if you had one piece of advice, I think, for uh, maybe just the Republican Party or conservatives in general coming into 2022, because I, I would I would be almost afraid that there would be some arrogance that could come out of this and think, OK, we got this. We're good. Um, what would it be? I've got about a minute here. Yeah, to me, the, the, the thing Youngkin did, which we failed to do in, in the last election, was actually, and I know it sounds old-fashioned, write a platform, <laughs> write <laughs> right. a, a set of issues that you're running on. I mean, remember, yeah. quite literally, Trump declined to have a platform. Yeah. And again, it sounds old-fashioned. Youngkin says, I'm running on education. I'm running on public safety. I'm running on quality of life. Heck, he was even running on reforming the DMV. Yeah. This man had a platform, and he and he assumed that if he made an honest effort to put that platform out, that some people would respond, the assumption was correct. So my advice to the Republicans, don't do what Trump did. Don't ignore the issues that people actually care about. Don't chase the daily news cycle. Find authentic issues to you. Run on it. Be authentic in your and, and, and be of good faith when you discuss it. And you can find success in unusual places like the suburbs or among minority constituencies or whatever whatever it is. You can find success with that kind of a plan. All right. Yeah, interesting. All right, hey, man, I appreciate you. I agree with you. Uh, I cannot wait uh, for people to see that uh, exchange tonight on CNN, so I'm hoping people will tune it in just for that because I think that's going to be must-watch TV, so that'll be fun. We'll have some Let's audio. go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> thank, you, uh, thank you so much, Scott. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Leland. All right. Um, just absolutely love that dude. Um, he's, uh, he's awesome. Um, that, so we were, we were right. Uh, Ryan about Van Jones doesn't surprise me. Yeah, you can usually tell. Yeah, you can. By the way, a guy carries himself. One, one, he's incredibly intelligent. Even if we disagree with him, he's a very smart guy. And, yeah. and free honest with you, there's not very many smart people on television right now. So you got to start there and say, well, that would be an interesting conversation alone. Because <laughs> most of them, I don't think they could really truly debate their way out of a wet paper bag. No. In all honesty. All right, we got to find out what Ryan's uh, spirit animal is coming up. I'm Leland Conway, 6:30 K How Denver's Talk Station. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Kurt offers securities through Cambridge Investment Research, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, and advisory services through Cambridge Investment Research Advisors, Inc., a registered investment advisor. Cambridge and Centennial Capital Partners are not affiliated.
minutes away from learning what Ryan's spirit animal or Ryan's uh, support animal would be. Since we have this story we're going to do about uh, no. weird support animals. See, those are two different things. All right, spirit well, animal it's or... Gotta, it's got to be a unicorn then. Emotional support animal. Okay, we want to know what your emotional support animal would be. All right, well, we'll, we'll get, get to, to that. that. Yeah. yeah. You know, I saw, a, uh, I saw a story this morning that only 27% of older people have enough money set aside for an emergency time, which brings me to my friend Cameron Cambier, Centennial Partners. How are you, sir? Centennial Capital Partners. How are you doing, Cameron? Hey, I'm good, Leland. First of all, I love the tunes that I get a, uh, <laughs> call into. It feels like I'm getting ready for a boxing match. So we'll yeah, the idea is you can. The idea is you can listen to this show. You can put your earbuds in, and you can go for a 10 mile jog and just be getting started. That's the whole point. Hey, I love it. But yeah, doing well. Thanks for having me on. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, people need to, you probably need to save before you invest, don't you? Yeah, very important. And, uh, you know, it's really the key foundation of establishing a great foundation of becoming a successful investor. And initially, if you were to think about what is the first step to becoming a good investor, one thought might be to, to start investing. But really, it all starts with having a good emergency fund set up before you put any money to work for you. And it's important for a number of reasons. Of course, as the name implies, if there was an unexpected emergency that came up, you lost your job, your car broke down, there was a sudden tragic death in the family. If you had all your money invested, you could potentially have to sell your assets in a down market, which we refer to as a negative drawdown. You want to avoid that, obviously. And number two, it gives you control of your time. Going back to my previous example, if you were to lose your job unexpectedly and had no liquid money, you'd probably have to jump whatever position you could find to cover your expenses. But if you had some money stashed away for events like this, it gives you some more cushion of time to find another position that would maybe fit you better and make you happier. And number three, it makes you a better investor in the long run and gives you the peace of mind to sleep at night, especially when you're retired. And I'll expand more on that when we chat tomorrow. Yeah. And, and I think this is a good series of conversations for people to hear because it's never too late to start saving and it's never too late to start investing. And at the end of the day, you just have to have a plan in place and having a plan can make you feel a whole lot better so that you're not worried about, you know, uh, what ifs, you know, you just start taking those steps towards that plan. That's right. And the old saying says, I'm not sure who said it, but I'll steal it momentarily. A, uh, a goal without a plan is just a wish. So <laughs> it's always good to have a plan in place, no matter how early or late you feel you're starting. That's a great point. How do folks get a hold of you and your dad, Kurt, at Centennial Capital Partners? Yeah, just feel free to give us a call, guys. We're at 303-584-1161. We'd love to get to know you. You get to know us, and uh, we'll tell you the best ways to structure uh, your emergency fund, and then we'll start diving into the fun investments. Awesome. All right, Cameron, we'll talk tomorrow, buddy. Thank you so much. Thanks, Leland. Take All right, care, man. Have a good one. All right, um, so the Supreme Court is apparently taking a look at New York's gun permit law. So this, I'll tell you what, the the, the longer you listen to me, uh, the more you'll know that I, I only have really two real passions when it comes to this kind of stuff, and it's freedom and guns. Freedom and guns, pew, pew, things that go pow, boom, boom, right? Your Second Amendment, uh, highly supportive, and I think it is an egregious criminal tragedy that there are states in America that try to obfuscate your Second Amendment rights by claiming falsely that they get to decide whether or not you 
should have the right to carry a weapon, i.e. a concealed carry permit. There are several May issue states. One of those is New York. And thank goodness this is finally being challenged because this is going to have ramifications across the country. And there's a case going before the Supreme Court because in New York, as is California, it's, they call it, there's May issue states and shall issue states, right? A shall issue, Colorado, by the way, is a shall issue state. That means if you decide you want your concealed carry permit and you want to be able to carry a weapon concealed to protect yourself and your family, and there's a number of different ways why carrying concealed is wise and I think better than open carry. Not that I don't support open carry. I support your right to carry whatever. You put a bazooka on your shoulder. I'm fine with that. That would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? I like to have a tank. Rambo. Yep. I like to have a tank. We had a, when I was a kid, uh, we used to play war, you know, like all, oh, same. all little boys too. Oh, yeah. And uh, th- these houses in our town were mostly built by the government. They were like, you know, government houses that they had built. And on the side, they had these trash can racks that was basically a metal pole with two triangles on it. And you sat the trash can on the triangle. And then at the top, there were these two big arms that would hold the trash can in. And then you could put one on each side. Well, one of the houses was abandoned. And I came across one of those poles that had been hit by a car and broken off of its concrete base and one of the uh, sides had mostly been broken off and it looked like a bazooka it had a tripod on one side naturally from these little arms that stuck out from it and a handle on the other side naturally from where the handle was broke and that was my toy gun it was a big metal pipe and i would put that thing on my shoulder and then i would sight things up in my imaginary sight and then i would blow things it was awesome man when I was a kid. Love that stuff. Anyway, I got sidetracked. Another rabbit trail. Politico is reporting Supreme Court appears likely to void New York's gun permit law. So the Supreme Court, according to this article, is inclined to wipe out a series of gun control measures that require firearms owners to show a particular unusual need to get a, cur- a permit to carry a gun outside the home. During arguments Wednesday um, on New York's strict gun laws, the high court's conservative majority signaled it is likely to rule that the constitutional right to keep and bear arms precludes states from insisting that individuals show proper cause before being licensed to carry a firearm for defense. The Republican appointed justices, they have to put that in there from Politico, contended that such rules treat Second Amendment rights as inferior to other, thank you, other constitutional rights like freedom of speech and freedom of assembly. So the, the left is often very fond of saying things like, well, the freedom of speech is not absolute, so neither is your gun rights. Which, maybe you can argue that to a point, but I hmm. would disagree. Are, is the right to vote for women or African Americans absolute? Right. Those exactly. were amendments. Right, exactly. Wasn't it Joe Biden that said there's no amendment that's absolute? Well, and that I'm was like, idiotic. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, yeah, let's talk about women's suffrage. Right. Tell my wife that there's no oh, constitutional boy. amendment. You tell your wife that. <laughs> I ain't going to tell her. <laughs> Not me. Um, but to this point, freedom of speech is absolute. It is. I'm going to argue that right now, and I'll tell you why. You'll say, but Leland, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. That's not free speech. That's a threat. That is 
that is that is a crime that is it is attached to the idea of fomenting violence that's not speech that's not voicing an opinion that's deliberately using your voice to scare people into stampeding over each other out of the theater. That's very different than free speech. So in terms of what I can and cannot say, which is my opinion or not, that is absolute. And are there limitations on where I can say those things? Sometimes, and the left would say, well, then there's limitations on where you, though of course we have limitations on where you can carry your gun. But in terms of going about your daily business, your freedom of speech as you go from point A to point B, for the most part, is absolute. That should be the same thing with the Second Amendment. So I'm actually very pleased that I'm seeing these indications that the court is going to lean towards getting rid of this May issue ridiculousness. Because why would I have, why should, first of all, I don't even think I should have to pay the government to have my right to, to carry, you know, concealed. That's me personally. But secondly, why, why would the Second Amendment be any less important than the First Amendment? It doesn't make any sense to me. And, and so why is a sheriff suddenly given the opportunity to decide whether or not I have that right? And in the Heller case, uh, Keller case, I think it was, in D.C., some 10, 12 years ago, they are, the Supreme Court already established that the right to bear arms does extend to you personally. And outside the home. So this is, I think this is going to be a fascinating week to watch these arguments before the Supreme Court. I'm hoping the Supreme Court overturns the Texas abortion law because I think that's going to be that if it's allowed to stand, you will see states like California and New York coming after your gun rights the exact same way. But we'll get into that a little later this week because I have a guest planned on that topic. And I hope they uphold this, and or, or rather thro- uh, uh, overturn New York's law. Let's hope so. All right, coming up, what would be Ryan's, um, what is it? Uh, what it? Oh, it's an emotional support animal. Right. So we have this story. The headline is, Stripper's Emotional Support Monkey Bit Trick or Treater. I'm going to do the story when we come back. And then Ryan's going to tell us what his emotional support animal would be. And I already, I already have mine. And you can text yours to 57739. What? You're looking at me like you were going to say something. No. Okay. Are you conflicted about your emotional support animal? Or not, you... not one bit. Okay. <laughs> Just want to make sure yeah. you've, you're you going to be confident when you tell Very people confident. what it is. Okay. Yeah. All right. 57739. If you want to text the show, 57739. Go ahead and light it up. Light up our text box. Leland Conway, 630KHOW, Denver's Talk Station. Seven seven three nine. If you want to text the show, five seven seven three nine. Uh, someone wants to know. Uh, Brandon wants to know if uh, your if Ryan's support animal was one of the ones that was recently kidnapped. That is absolutely correct. Butch also guesses that Ryan's emotional support animal is My Little Pony. Yep, Sparkles really? and Posey, who were kidnapped and never returned. We didn't get any updates. He is a brony. Shane wants to know whatever happened with My Little Pony Yeah, game. well, I don't know. That's the thing. Well, uh, the ball we, is in their court. I because think, I, I told you, we, we've had the prosecutor on. The prosecutor is waiting to file oh, charges. he was awesome. <laughs> that, He's that waiting. Guy, 
He was loaded for bear. We're giving them a little bit of time to think through how they want to try to save face on this, but the prosecutor is ready and willing to you know, press charges. I think so. that's what it's all about at this point. They realize they made a mistake. They don't know how to, you know, they don't have an off They're trying to figure out, you yeah. know. They're trying to figure out how like, to de-escalate the situation. Without, yeah. you know, looking like fools, right. which they are. You know, <laughs> well, there's no way they can Brown pulling a Fauci flip flop. And is he behind it? Is he not behind it? Is he responsible for it? Was it his idea? Is he throwing Angie under the bus? You know, yeah, it's all over the place. You ever that. seen Oceans 13? I've seen all the oceans. We've yeah. we've tried to offer them a lot of olive baskets. <laughs> Come on. Well, you know, Come on. there's the uh, the carrot and the stick approach, right? <laughs> right. I think we kind of want halfway in the carrot, halfway yeah. in the stick. I, I mean, I don't yep. know where it goes from here. But yep. if, if it's spirit animal, like this song suggests, one of my all-time favorite songs, I told you during the break here by Def Leppard, Animal. Yeah. Are you, is that really, your spirit animal is really the unicorn? No, that's okay. my emotional Scar- support okay. animal. All right, or your sport animal. Yeah. Okay, all right. It's weird, though, because it's not really a thing. Spirit animal they is don't a really lion. Exist. Okay. <laughs> King <laughs> of the jungle. You couldn't possibly have two more widespread apart. Your, your spirit animal is yeah. a lion. And your emotional support animal is... I would like to send a lion after Michael Brown and Angie Sillow. All right, here's the... (laughs) About my ponies. Here's the story. Headline, strippers... Now, keep in mind, I have not read the details of this story. I just chose not to. I was like, I don't need to. It's a headline is all that matters. Sure. The headline, strippers emotional... So we're going to read it together and we're going to react to it as we do, okay? All right. Strippers emotional support monkey bit trick-or-treater. Here we go. (laughs) Until this week... Most people who'd heard of Jeff Banks only knew him as the special teams coordinator of the Texas Longhorns. Now, they also know him as the boyfriend of a stripper who goes by the name Gia, a.k.a. the Pole Assassin. Oh. <laughs> Got to watch how you're saying that last word there with regard to strippers. <clears throat> and uh, You get what I'm saying there? Continuing on. Now we're also learning that Ms. Pole Assassin has a pet monkey that she uses in her act. That monkey became a viral sensation. Apparently, the critter ended up biting a trick-or-treater on Halloween. <laughs> I've got a joke in my head that I cannot see on the air, but I'm going <laughs> to... So does everybody driving I, No, right but now. I'm going to tell you after the show, and you're okay. going to die. Okay, 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 okay. You're okay, going to okay. die. Uh, in a since-deleted tweet, Gia gave her side of the story, saying that the child in question entered her backyard and approached the animal without permission, and she's the only one that handles it. <laughs> Monkeys can be mean, man. My Uncle Art had a pet monkey. My no. dad still tells stories about it. The no. thing would bite. No, this is not. I can't. It's happening. It's I, real. I, I she cannot, tweeted about I it. Do a this. stripper with a monkey. <laughs> and no parent. It supports her emotionally. And no parent has approached her about the bite. The tweet also seems to confirm that a small bite did in fact happen and <laughs> that the monkey is her emotional support animal. So there's that. I would be so confused if I was a kid's dad. Like, he comes up, a monkey bit me. Like, what? And I'd be like, I don't even know if I'm mad about What's this. What's so the punishment weird. for the monkey for biting? <laughs> Never mind. No, don't, don't. Just stop. Just touch stop. my monkey. Just stop. Don't. Put, touch don't, my monkey. Don't, don't. Now's the time on Sprockets when we dance. No, no. <laughs> touch him. <laughs> no, don't. Remember stop. that sketch? I know. I know exactly <laughs> what you're doing. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop oh, it. We've Mike crashed Myers. the show. God, I, you I, knew that was going to happen. <laughs> That's why you use this story as a I, kicker. My uh, emotional support animal, if I could have one, I want a giraffe. Oh, I was going to say It's your my dogs. favorite animal in the world. I want a giraffe. Plus, how cool would that be to just walk into a place with a giraffe, if, assuming it could actually They're get amazing. in the door? Yeah. That would be a conversation starter, right? 
Love it. What's your giraffe's name? All right, tomorrow uh, we've got a threat from the governor to maybe potentially have some uh, rationed health care. We'll talk about it. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.